Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podiman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist. Hope I got them all, or probably there's more out there. Thank you once again for joining me today as the Minnesota Vikings <clears throat> somehow find a way, somehow find a way to not win against not Dak Prescott. No, 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 not Dak Prescott. He ended up uh, not playing as a game-time decision. Not too surprising considering the guy's been banged up in kind of a scary injury situation, <clears throat> but he looked good in pregame and all that. But to a guy named Cooper Rush, the Vikings end up losing on Halloween night. 20-16 to 16 in U.S. Bank Stadium. It sucks. Oh, God, it sucks. You- in a word, awful. Uh, that's about what you can say. The defense showed up at times, but you'd hope it would against this Dallas team that's uh, got a quarterback that had never played an NFL game in his life, even though he'd been in the NFL for four years. He'd never actually played an NFL game in his life. Cooper Rush, never heard of him. And, well, I guess you maybe heard of him once in a blue moon just looking at different rosters and such. But um, looking at the Cowboys roster, that is a cute little story. That's that's great. I guess it was the day of backup quarterbacks, and the Vikings have a history of getting beat badly by backup quarterbacks that nobody's ever heard of, like the Steve Walsh's. Uh, was it Jim Miller years ago with the... Uh, Dallas Cowboys, or excuse me, Chicago Bears. Steve Walsh also with the Chicago Bears. How quaint. Uh, The Red Rival kicked our butts not too long ago with the Dallas Cowboys. I believe that was just last year. Yeah, just last year he kicked our butts with the Dallas Cowboys. That was extremely frustrating in a very awful season for the Minnesota Vikings. The Red Rifle, of course, he's with Chicago now. Uh, I, I guess the Vikings did beat him once, but that was because we were so, so damn good that year in 2017. And Cincinnati was so terrible that, uh, well, we, we had to beat Cincinnati and we had to beat the Red Rifle at least once. Generally, though, he'd had a bunch of success against us. Oh, yes. Well, 20-16. to 16, um, Obviously, the Dallas Cowboys have a lot of talent on the offense, but again, a quarterback that never had done anything before. Throws for 325 yards, and Kirk Cousins was what they call primetime Kirk, PTK. He was inaccurate. He was overthrowing guys. Uh, He was throwing a little too high, and of course, late in the game, when it could have been a possible touchdown drive, that ended up being a bleeping field goal that ended up basically was kind of like, you know, which uh, helped build the recipe to uh, the Dallas Cowboys game-winning drive, ultimately. It was a thrown a little too high. To be fair, Kirk Cousins was literally like getting tackled. He was getting sacked basically at the time he was getting rid of the ball on a rollout. So, okay, fine. But there were a lot of plays that Kirk Cousins was extremely inaccurate and at times would check down and check down and check down and check down. It was one thing after another. I mean, it was just panicking. It was embarrassing. It was check down, Charlie, this and that. And tonight... Being at Halloween night, and yes, happy Halloween to all of you. Of course, by the time you're listening to this, it might not be Halloween anymore. <laughs> it might be November 1st, but yeah, ha- hope you had a happy Halloween, despite the Vikings losing. Uh, I had a purple cupcake tonight, a purple cupcake with a, you know, those little plastic tags you put in the cupcake, and it says boo, right? Because it's a it's a Halloween cupcake, it's purple. Well, that's what purple fans were chanting most of the night. And yes, you got to hear <laughs> Coop every couple seconds. I don't know where all these Cowboys fans came from. 
yay, I guess they're America's team. I guess they're everywhere. Cowboys fans are everywhere, or they magically follow their team everywhere. But it was so bleep and obnoxious. It was like the whole damn game. Every time something went right for the Cowboys, like it felt like kind of like a semi-home game for them. I thought it was a Packer game or something. It was really annoying. But uh, yeah, for Viking fans that were booing during the course of this game, I'm with you a thousand percent. And for you, those of you that are saying stick with the team through thick and thin, well, nobody's going anywhere. I'm not going to be a Packer fan or anything. Maybe I'll be a Bears fan. No, I'm kidding. That would be if the Vikings moved to L.A. I'd probably would have became a Bears fan, which would have pleased uh, Dylan Richardson, I'm sure, very much. So, or maybe a Cleveland Browns fan. Vince Germano would have loved that. That's when the Vikings moved to L.A., but that ain't going to happen now. That was uh, a possibility way back in the day. Of course, the stadium bill got approved a long, long, long time ago now. Was that 2012 or 14? I think it was 14. I can't even remember. No, it was 2012. That was a long time ago. Man, that's like ancient history, wasn't it? And then it took three years to get built, and obviously after the 13th season, they tore down the dome. Yeah, let's just stop delaying the inevitable. Delaying the inevitable. Just like delay of game calls because you call two timeouts. Um, the Viking fan base I put on the Score North. Uh, I, I like to watch the post-game show on that one, the Score North uh, vent line, very often to get a feel how the fans feel. And I like, I just like to hear what Judd... Uh, Declan and, of course, Phil Mackey like to say a bit. I, I just think it's higher quality than KFAN. I just do, though most of you may not. Um, I mean, not most of you, but some of you may not. Uh, and literally, you looked at the fan thread on the YouTube, because I, I only had it on for about five minutes because i got to get on with the show. It's late. Got to get going right now, right away, which is an unusual situation being a night Sunday night game. And my schedule is not getting any easier at the moment, unfortunately. I wish it was. I really wish it was. So i got to do what i got to do. Um, it was just endless fire, Zimmer, fire, Zimmer, fire, Zimmer, fire, Zimmer, fire, Zimmer. People saying that are not overreacting. You have every right to say fire, Zimmer. Because, like I've been saying the last few weeks, last several weeks, last few weeks especially, Mike Zimmer and all that, the way he's coaching this team offensively, or, you know, he always, well, he's not an offensive coach, but the way he's putting a governor on this Ferrari or Porsche or Mercedes, wherever the hell you want to be. Let's hope it's a Ferrari. I think there's enough talent to call it a Ferrari versus like a, a slightly lesser version of a great sports car. He's putting a governor on it that's keeping the speed to the car to only 30 miles an hour. Just kind of like some kind of cute little Vespa or something that can only go 30 miles an hour. That's basically what the Vikings offense is yeah, as a Ferrari. It's ridiculous. Kirk Cousins also, again, peed down his leg. Pardon my very disgusting and inappropriate uh, usage of words there. But that's pretty much what he did and what he usually does in primetime football. Is that being over-negative? I don't think so. I think he didn't show up. I think he was inaccurate. And I think he got outplayed by somebody named Cooper Rush. Just like Kareem Rush hitting seven three-pointers against the Timberwolves years ago. And a lot of us barely knew who he was when the Lakers beat the Wolves in the conference final uh, series. <clears throat> and the Wolves were actually actually favored for once against the Hellie Lakers in a playoff series. Yeah, well, until Sam Castell obviously was out, but who cares? We'll talk about that sometime in Timberwolves' explosion. It was only like 15, 16, 17 years ago now, back in 04, so <clears throat> I'm not bitter. Minnesota sports, everything's good. You know, it's only been 30 years since we won a championship. 30 years. Uh, the 27th of October, a couple days ago, was the 30-year anniversary of the Game 7 of the World Series, 91 Twins. Wonderful day. Uh, today is the anniversary, 30-year anniversary, a couple of 30-year anniversaries going on this past week 
of the uh, 30-inch <laughs> snowfall on Halloween, or at least it started on Halloween and ended around November 2nd or 3rd, per se. Um, so, yeah, it's only been 30 years since we won a major championship. I was 12, now I'm 42. It's a completely different planet now, too, by the way, if you hadn't noticed. Um, I had a lot worse, I would say. That's just how I'd call it. Some of you might actually think it's better. I think you're crazy if you think it's better. I'd say worse. Uh, well, Greg Joseph made all of his kicks, so all's right with the world there, at least with your kicker. He made all three of them. That's good. Greg Zerline actually missed one in the game. Can you believe that? He's one of the better kickers in the NFL. But, again, back to <laughs> delaying the inevitable again. Kirk Cousins got outplayed by Cooper Rush. Is, is there anything more to say about this game than that? Kirk Cousins got outplayed by Cooper Rush. Mike Zimmer got outcoached by... Some youngster on the sideline. Good, nice offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. But, uh, yeah, got outcoached badly. Obviously because Mike Zimmer calls all the defensive plays and he's the defensive genius of all time. He's so good at defense, he's got to have two defensive coordinators, uh, guys sharing the duties. The duties, one of them being his son and the other being a guy named Andre Patterson, who I think is pretty capable. But, hmm, I don't know. 325, that, that's just what I keep coming back to. 325 yards passing by Cooper Rush. And that's despite having a pass tipped in the air and intercepted from uh, Harrison Smith to the interception of Xavier Woods, where it looked like Xavier Woods might end up being a, one of the <laughs> game changers that ends up getting the Vikings win, obviously knocking the ball loose from Cooper Rush as well. So Cooper Rush actually had two turnovers in the game, a fumble loss and an interception. He still... Through for that number of yards. I stopped repeating myself now. And was just about perfect on the stretch. But again, multiple timeouts. Multiple timeouts called. Back-to-back -back timeouts. Third and 16. And then you get the third and 11 after the uh, delay of game on the defense. Delay of game on the defense. You ever heard of that before? You know? Because we called two timeouts consecutively. Thank you, Mike Zimmer. <clears throat> Ends up being third and 11, and the next play was a touchdown pass from uh, yeah, Cooper Rush. I mean, is there anything more to say? Uh, the Cowboys tried to give it to the Vikings. Tried to when CeeDee Lamb dropped a wide-open play. Ended up getting the Vikings the ball back with 8-15. Ended up being our scoring drive that put us up 16-13. to Woohoo! But at least we scored. Again, after failing to get in the end zone, when he probably should have on first and goal. Probably should have. It's not like we were heaving it from like God knows where and then ended up kicking a field goal. <sighs> and then we had another break. We're on a late hit on uh, Kirk Cousins from Basham. We appreciate that very much. And the, the composure just continued to fall apart during that drive. As Gregory had multiple, multiple <laughs> late hits where he, well, he threw Bradbury. These were unnecessary roughness. Threw Bradbury as the play was ending. And then hit Cook, as he was pretty much out of bounds, he basically hit Cook out of bounds, multiple situations where there were unnecessary roughness, and we still didn't get in the end zone. <clears throat> it felt the whole game, the cornerbacks were playing well behind the receivers, just kind of prevent defense, or whatever the heck defense you call it, but they were just getting beat the whole game. Bashad Breeland looked like crap again. Uh, Dancer looked like a guy, he's just, he's unqualified, really. He's good enough to make it in the NFL, and after that, I'm not sure what else to say. Um, uh, Devastating. Uh, it looked like there was going to be a fumble. At one point, it looked like there was going to be a big fumble. The Vikings were going to get the ball back, potentially. But then there was an illegal hands to the face from uh, Harrison Smith that kept the Cowboys' drive moving and into the two-minute warning, and that ended up being the winning drive of the game. 
horrendous uh, final attempt at a drive, we'll call it, where it was literally like during the headlights the whole time. Guys couldn't even stay, uh, couldn't even get out of bounds as the clock kept ticking. Of course, all of our timeouts were used in 10 seconds, basically, as the Cowboys went for their game-winning drive, what would be the game-winning drive, the go-ahead drive at the time. Oh, man, that final drive was horrible. I mean, 51 seconds, you figure Kirk Cousins has been a hero multiple times this season. Home game, we can do this. It's going to be great. But it looked like Kirk Cousins was seeing Jason Voorhees just entering the cliche. Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, maybe maybe Freddy Krueger was haunting his dreams last night or as he was daydreaming on the sidelines looking at his surface or whatever the heck he was doing. But it was absolute, an absolute joke. Was it the two girls in The Shining that he saw? Maybe as he was uh, panicking. I don't know, maybe it was just Cowboys defensive linemen as all of a sudden an offensive line that had played so well suddenly wasn't. And again, guys couldn't even get out of bounds. I mean, KJ Osborne couldn't even get out of bounds. It was terrible. Conklin couldn't get out of bounds. And next thing you know, we were just running out of time and heaving the ball up to God knows where. Yeah, yeah, like a 10-yard completion at the 50. That's going to do you a hell of a lot of good when you're down by four as the clock hits zero. That's going to do you a lot of good. Lots of good. Couldn't even come close any type of end zone, which is what it would have took for the Vikings to win or lose the game at the end of the day. I mean, I'm glad the game didn't go to overtime, because it's late enough, but it sucks coming out losing in the situation as well. Everson Griffin, I thought, played absolutely fantastic. He was rushing the quarterback the whole game. He would have probably been the player of the game. Probably, unless Xavier Woods ultimately stole it, and he very well may have with the forced fumble, multi uh, pass deflection, and of course, uh, interception in the game. He was absolutely great playing against his former club. Very impressive performance by Xavier was. I thought he was great. Harrison Smith was not good in this game, um, but also so though so was the defensive play call. Complete garbage, as the two safeties spread out to the to the sidelines, and <laughs> that's when the game started to really change. When that took place, uh, when Cooper Rush hit uh, Cedric Wilson up the middle. And the next thing you know, Wilson had nothing in front of him. 73-yard play. It was about 20 yards down the field when the ball was caught. So we're talking about 50 yards after the catch because there was literally daylight in front of him. Cowboys made it 10-10. to As the Vikings defense held a, held a Cowboys offense that was extremely limited with a quarterback that had never done anything ever before to only three points in the first half. You figure as boring and mediocre and as lousy as the Vikings offense looked in the first half, We'll be fine because the Cowboys aren't going to do jack squat. And then there was a moment like this, which gave them a little bit of confidence. And, uh, and of course, them being Cooper Rush at the beginning there, leading the way for the Cowboys to <laughs> tie the game up and ultimately lead to their victory down the stretch. Kind of reminded you of the Detroit game. Whereas, of course, they didn't run into themselves. They didn't play horrendous defense down the stretch. They got the job done, which is what Detroit couldn't do after going up by four. Looked like they had the Vikings beat. <laughs> it's just unreal. Looked like Carolina had the Vikings beat as well. Couldn't happen. Game-winning drive Kirk Cousins there, but that certainly wasn't the case today. Kirk Cousins had that primetime look that he didn't have on those nice Sunday afternoons just a couple weeks ago against Detroit and Carolina. It was a wonderful time in those games. Gave us hope. Made us feel better despite our, our coach being basically a governor that kept this Ferrari to going only 30 miles an hour versus, you know, God knows how fast the Ferrari could go 
you know, 170, 180, whatever the heck it goes. I know about as much about cars as, as you guys might know about, uh, I don't know, okay, who cares about astronomy? Maybe most of you don't care, or I kind of like it a little bit. Um, <laughs> and if you know about astronomy, good for you, that's great. Oh, man, there's obviously a lot of things to say, and I'll let you guys say a lot of things also as well in segment number three, is that's the fan interaction segment. And I'm also kind of stuck with a time constraint with the way things are going. want to keep the show moving in a big way as things are... Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, as uh, Declan Goff opened up his statement in the whole uh, Vikings Vent Line show, he just held up uh, you know those little whiteboards where you have the marker on it, magic marker, and it said, fire everybody. I agree. I agree. They need to fire everybody. There's no way this can continue. I would actually would not be surprised if Zimmer was fired after this game. Maybe it'll happen while I'm doing the show. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow. I would not be surprised because how can you keep him after that? Especially the two timeouts. I think that was the final straw that broke the camel's back. I think that was it right there. And it's sad to say nobody likes calling for anybody's head, but that's kind of how sports are. That is how it goes. And hey, Zimmer has been the head coach of this team since they left the Metrodome. That's been a while now, seven years. It's been seven years now since the Vikings left the Metrodome. I believe this is his eighth season already. So the entire tenure of uh, my of uh, the U.S. Bank Stadium has been with Mike Zimmer. So it's not like he hasn't had his, uh, enough chances. It's not like he hasn't made enough money as a head coach and have been established and this and that. So I don't feel bad saying it at the end of the day. Uh, he's had time. He's had a great couple of teams, especially the 2017 team, and it just didn't work out, guys. It just didn't work out, and I can't imagine a whole lot of you would disagree with that at the end of the day. That's kind of the vibe I have leaving this one, is this is the kind of game that gets head coaches fired, especially when they were already on the hot seat, and the expectations were uh, like up on the moon, and when you keep seeing a lot of the same BS time and time again, and it's become quite apparent that this team ain't going to no playoffs. There's just no way. How, how can you possibly make it, especially with the way things are going now? So, at the end of the day, the Fran Tarkington Award for this episode, I'm going to give it to two guys, and they're going to both be on defense. How, how can I give it to an offensive player? Delvin Cook wasn't doing anything that great. The only guy who had a real shot at getting it was Adam Thielen. Conklin was pretty good, too, but it's Tyler Conklin. Uh, Tyler Conklin's never going to be a superstar. <laughs> Justin Jefferson, I mean, like nothing happened here, man, with Justin Jefferson. Couldn't get open. And then when he was, Cousins could never get to him. He couldn't find him, this and that. Uh, KJ Osborne, gosh, boy, whew, what a difference a couple weeks makes. Ten yards. Ten yards on two catches. Ten. That's right. <laughs> That's a big number. Who the heck is Luke Stopper? A stalker, pardon me. Is he stalking the shelves at Target? I guess that's what he is. Luke Stocker's stocking. Yeah, you get the idea. It's real funny. CJ Ham, three catches for nine yards. What does that tell you? That kind of sums it all up right there. Three catches for nine yards for CJ Ham. Old Ham on Rye. You know, I love him to death. But that sums it all up. That's Kirk Cousins. That's this Vikings offense in a nutshell. That's Kirk Cousins in primetime. That's Mike Zimmer as the head coach uh, putting the governor on the offense. We gotta, we gotta be careful because we screwed things up too much. Uh, Kirk Cousins being too nervous, 
to make a mistake. Mike Zimmer being too nervous that a mistake might happen. So instead of uh, the big plays to Justin Jefferson, that may or may not have been there, big plays to Adam Thielen or even Tyler Conklin. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess decent plays to Tyler Conklin. He's, he's, he's not like he's bad. He's pretty good. But um, three three-yard catches. Or dare we say, actually, there were two losses, two three-yard losses, and he had a nine-yard catch. <laughs> he actually wound up with three yards. I'm looking at this incorrectly. He had a nine-yard play, and then two two plays where they were three-yard loss. They were backwards passes, basically. There were plays that led to negative yards because Cousins was actually further behind, and C.J. Ham was three yards behind the line of scrimmage. An average of one yard per play, <laughs> per catch. Again, that just sums it all up. I mean, what more is there to say? That's the urban legend of the show as to why this offense continues to be a pile of crap when you need it most because of uh, the way it's being coached and the way the uh, the big captain, the quarterback, the captain of the team tends to panic in the big moments in big games and this and that. This is why you can't win a Super Bowl because it takes at least three really, really good weeks in a row. That's if you're fortunate enough to have the number one seed in the NFC or AFC or whatever. Three good weeks in a row to win a championship. Three. If you can get one out of Kirk, that's awesome. But there's at least two more, if not three more, to get to that championship circle. So, sorry. Unfortunately, that's just very unlikely, I think, with this coach and this quarterback and this uh, offense, the way it's being uh, forced to uh, perform on a weekly basis. The Christian Pond Memorial, is it Rashad Breeland? Sure, it could absolutely be him. It could be even Harrison Smith, because he had a very disappointing day, I thought, for the most part. Not completely. He obviously had the wonderful tip pass that led to the interception. Uh, um, I think, I, I just think it's the coaching staff. I'm sorry. It's not going to be a player. It's going to be the coaching staff. Had enough. Had enough. I think everybody's had enough. Fire everybody. With that, we'll take a quick break. <laughs> I'm going to keep this where it is and then keep going into segment number two where we'll look around the NFL. And, of course, we'll have a lot more to say about this actual game in segment number three because that's fan interaction and me responding to your reaction. So now it's kind of interacting with you guys. I can only babble too much. Uh, let's look around the league a bit. I'll try to keep that a bit shorter this week. It's probably what's going to have to happen for the second time. Until then, well, but uh, we'll be back after this. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Let's look around the league a little bit. Some more oddities, some more fun, I guess. Where did the scores go? What the heck is going on? Okay, I see what happened. I'm on the wrong page completely. Apologize for that. Thursday night, we'll talk about that later because that's an in, that's a divisional game. We try to keep those where they are. Uh, the opponent two weeks ago, they got a win in Atlanta. Carolina. Carolina's back to 400 or 500, pardon me, after a great start and then falling off the face of the earth. And Atlanta loses again, 1913. I don't have a whole lot to say about this one. Just nice to see Carolina actually coming back and winning. And, of course, uh, Christian McCaffrey did not return. 
Matt Ryan stunk. And if Cordero Patterson had 35 yards rushing, let's just keep moving. Don't, wait a minute, wait a minute, let's hold off. We got to look at this real quick. This is an odd stat. Tajay Sharp, didn't he suit up for the Vikings last year? He was like that guy who was going to be the third receiver and then ended up getting cut before the season even started. Or he, he was on the roster and we didn't do anything. Kind of like what we're doing with uh, that one guy named like D.D. Westbrook or something. Whoever the heck he is. Yeah, he hasn't been doing anything because K.J. Osborne took over until today. But Tajay Sharp, 58 yards receiving on five catches. Cool. Let's keep going, because that's not a very interesting game. They're not going anywhere. Buffalo Sabres, no, they were on TV today against the LA Kings, and they were winning for a minute there until the Kings tied it up. <clears throat> Sorry. Buffalo Bills, who are probably still the best team in Buffalo. I don't think the Sabres have overtaken them just yet. 26-11, to another rematch of that AFC title game in 92. We always talk about it because they're in the same division. Um, Miami Dolphins, 1-7. and seven. They just, I don't know, it's too bad. Maybe they'll have the number one pick, and... Who knows what they're going to do? They need a little bit of everything, don't they? I don't think... I'm not even really sure two is the answer, but I think a lot of you might disagree with me. Josh Allen was decent, above average. He got 55 yards on the ground. Cole Beasley, awesome. Love to hear what he has to say about vaccines, actually. I kind of agree with him more than the average person. Stefan Diggs did get into the end zone, and his brother did not today. His brother did not against the Vikings today. In fact, he got... He would have been one of the reasons the Cowboys lost today, actually. It looked like it was heading that way. He had multiple penalties called on him, though he did have some okay moments. Maybe I shouldn't have talked about the vaccine thing. I'm sorry. I don't think anybody wants to hear that, but good win by the Buffalo Bills. 26-11 against a team that just kind of stinks. So the, uh, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills win again, just like they did way back in that 92 postseason. Of course, it was January 93 when things were moving Congratulations, Buffalo beating a hapless Miami team, I guess. Love their uniforms and their colors and their name and everything, but the Dolphins stink. It's too bad. I'd like to see the Dolphins playing very well, but they're not. Buffalo was actually wearing O.J. Simpson-era helmets today. That's cool. That's kind of cool. Bears and San Francisco. We'll get back to that later. Oh, Vince Germano, I was on your side, and I still am. I'm still on your side. What the heck? What the heck? And Pittsburgh's kind of getting back in the mix again, aren't they? 15-10. to 10. Pittsburgh's nothing to get excited about, and they beat Cleveland in Cleveland. 15-10. to 10. The Cleveland Browns dropped to 4-4. Four and four. Ugh, Stefanski. I feel bad for you. I, obviously, I don't think he's on any hot seat, but if this continues in the next season, he might be. Just because that's sports. Not because I want Kevin Stefanski to be on any hot seat. I love him to death. Wish he was the Vikings coach, and I'm thinking... Way more than 50% of those of you listening that are actual Viking fans would have loved to have Kevin Stefanski as your head coach today. Might have won the game, I would hope. Nick Chubb, 61 yards on the ground. Baker Mayfield is mediocre as ever. No touchdowns or interceptions. Roethlisberger, slightly above average. And Najee Harris continues to get the ball 950 times for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He is Mr. Steeler. 29 touches overall with three catches and 26 yards and route to a Steelers victory over the uh, Cleveland Browns. Ouch. Philadelphia, Detroit. Yep, we'll get back to that in a minute. A very epic game here to open things up and a guy who'd been playing super well, <clears throat> a lot better than I'd been giving him credit, as Carson Wentz had opened up the season. Look at this. Of course, I gave him the Carson uh, Palmer curse now. Oh, when I noticed that, I'm like, wow, I'm going to talk really highly about Carson Wentz. The Carson Palmer curse, where he'd put up numbers and then he'd always have an interception or two every damn week after the ACL. 
And then Carson Wentz was on a stretch of 11 touchdowns and one interception. And the freaking Colts just weren't winning games necessarily, but playing a heck of a lot better than they had been. And Wentz had really been coming into stride, especially with Frank Reich as the head coach. you got to think things are going to keep getting better for Wentz. Generally, they will, but Tennessee knows how to win football games. Just because, yeah, I mean, that's what kept sticking in my mind when I was watching all that. I'm like, you know, the Colts, I mean, gosh, Carson Wentz is playing great. This might actually turn into something after all. But Tennessee just knows how to win. I mean, this team might win a Super Bowl. They actually might during the Mike Vrabel era. And if they do, good for them. 34-31, they wind up going to OT and getting the job done as they all played the Colts down the stretch into the fourth quarter and in the second as well as the Colts opened up to a 14-zilch lead. And Tennessee came roaring back. And that high IQ football and that strong defense when they need to be is really good stuff. Uh, very impressed with the Tennessee Titans, despite multiple interceptions by Ryan Tannehill, but still showed up to play when it mattered most. And Derrick Henry, the best running back in the league, only averaged 2.4 a carry. And they still beat the Indianapolis Colts. They still beat the Colts. Multiple INTs by Tannehill and 2.4 a carry by Derrick Henry. They still managed to beat the Colts. Impressive. But it doesn't help with the multiple INTs from Carson Wentz. We'll continue to move for the sake of time. Oh, you know, this used to be the Thursday night matchup where everybody would be like, oh God, another waste of time. Stop ruining Thursday night football with these garbage matchups. And you think how oh, Cincinnati sucks. The Jets suck. You know, it's garbage football. Why are we doing this? Why, does this? why do they keep giving us these type of games for Thursday? And then you have like Arizona and Green Bay. Holy crap. And then now Cincinnati's better, so it's like, okay, well, Cincinnati, and it's, this is not a Thursday night game, I'm just comparing it, because I think there was, I think this matchup was on Thursday night football like the last couple of years, once or twice, and Cincinnati loses to the Jets today, whoa, they drop, they drop, notice I'm saying this, drop to 5-3, and three. yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals drop to 5-3, and three. weird, <laughs> that is weird, the Jets score 34 points. 34-31, and this was another backup quarterback, and the Saints also have a similar situation. Somebody named White, Mike White. Joe Burrow got beat by Mike White. Yeah, I like to make fun of how people pronounce that. He completed 37 of 45 passes, still had two interceptions in the game somehow, and a quarterback rating still of 108 despite the multiple INTs because he had 405 yards and three touchdowns. Michael White, Mike White, pardon me, of the Jets because there was no, uh, yeah, no young, talented rookie quarterback leading the way this week. Michael Carter, Jamison Crowder, Ty Johnson, all excellent. Elijah Moore, man, big day for those guys. And the Jets beat Cincy to, uh, well, they're, what are they, two and five right now? So, oh, they could still make the playoffs, right? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, just end the season. That's what I call the Jets until they uh, change and improve again. But that, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they'll have a couple years coming, and they have probably the second or third coolest uniforms in the league. They, their uniforms are awesome. New York Jets uniforms are awesome, and if you don't like them, we're not on the same page. They're awesome. Um, now, if they can get things going in the right direction, good for them. Cincinnati certainly had been, and unfortunately today, whew, that's the definition of two steps back, getting uh, 405 yards passing against somebody named Mike White. Los Angeles Rams continue to jump up with a now a 7-1 record, beating an awful 1-7 Houston team. I guess that's squashing a mosquito with an axe. 38-22. Is there much more to say about this? Well, 
Matthew Stafford had an epic performance. Somebody named Davis Mills. I keep calling him that, but he's actually played okay for Houston throwing for 310 today, but getting an INT down the stretch. Cooper Cup continues to be the best tight end in the NFL this year with 115 yards and a TD. And Daryl Henderson with 90 yards on the ground as well and a <clears throat> touchdown. I don't need to call it a TD. It's called a touchdown, right? But an easy win for the Los Angeles Rams as they are climbing and climbing to that lead in the NFC. And they just might get it. We'll see. Patriots continue to improve. They beat the Los Angeles Chargers, who were 4-1. Seems like yesterday the Chargers were 4-1. Now they're 4-3. And, and Patriots are 4-4, four four, still hanging on, as they barely lost to the world champion Buccaneers a few weeks back on Sunday Night Football. Mac Jones was mediocre Mac at best in this game, but the Patriots got the job done down, down the stretch with good solid defense and forcing multiple turnovers from Justin Herbert. And... Neither quarterback stood out, stood out in a very positive way in this game. Just good, solid defense in both parts and bad quarterback play, ultimately. And the Patriots end up winning by four versus the Chargers to get to four and four and back in playoff contention a little bit. See if that continues. Another Mosquito and Axe type of combination here with Seattle, who's not a good team. They crushed. They're not a good team right now, anyway. I hope they never will be again, but that's just me. And I already don't like the Seattle Kraken. That's how I feel about Seattle and sports and all that. I already don't like them. Every time they touch the puck, they acted like they won the Stanley Cup. The Seattle Kraken. Their logo is okay. It's boring, actually. It looks like the Seattle Mariners. And I don't like the Mariners logo. So, or colors. It, it's just boring. Just like Seattle's boring. And something else I'll leave off topic. Uh, I'll leave off the show, off the mic. 31-7. to Jacksonville stinks. Like like always, they're 1-6. Trevor Lawrence, he threw another interception. Last week he didn't, but this week he did. Geno Smith had one of his better games. 20 of 24 with a couple TDs. Pretty damn efficient. Good job uh, of Seattle. Getting kind of hanging on a little bit with fourth place, though still last place in the NFC West. But last place in that division isn't nearly as bad as it is in other ones. So we'll keep going there. Jacksonville somehow isn't the worst team in the AFC South. How does that happen? I don't know. Who knows who cares? Denver over Washington, another who knows who cares type of a matchup. Washington, they were 2-0, and weren't they? Now they really suck. They're 2-6. They're completely out of it. The Washington W's are vanishing off the face of the earth, and the Denver Broncos are kind of sort of climbing back into playoff contention because I don't think the Raiders will be there. Much to my chagrin, Teddy Bridgewater looking to try to get his team in the playoffs. It's former Viking versus former Viking. Taylor Heineke continues to get worse and worse for the Washington W's. And, well, it just wasn't a good day. And this is just, this will just throw you off in a heartbeat. You know, at week, uh, last couple of years, it was Adrian Peterson. It was Hall of Fame watch. And he's, he's climbing the charts to the greatest, uh, you know, rushing numbers of all time, so to speak. And then you see somebody named Jared Patterson. That's just going to drive you crazy. But that's who their running back was today with 46 yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon III and Javante Williams shared the ball quite a bit with Denver. But uh, Teddy was able to uh, steadily, <coughs> steady Teddy, I guess is what you could call him now, was able to keep the ball away from the Washington football team or the Washington W's. And Denver ends up moving a little bit closer to playoff contention, I guess. Tampa Bay got destroyed by the Saints. Not destroyed, but beat soundly by the Saints today. 
not a good day for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're still first place, still 6-2 and two now at least in the NFC South. They still hold the division lead, but the New Orleans Saints would give you that infamous stupid uh, objects in your mirror are closer than they appear uh, phrase with a 5-2 and two record. And of course, beating the Saints again, just like they did last year. Somebody named Trevor Simeon. Ever heard of him? Do you remember Trevor Simeon? Yeah, he led the Saints to a win. Trevor Simeon. Trevor, you remember? Former Broncos quarterback and Vikings backup, like, seems like yesterday. Yeah, we hardly ever got to see him as a Viking. And, yeah, well, <laughs> I believe that was uh, Kirk Cousins' first year as quarterback, if I remember correctly. Or is that going a little further back? Who knows who cares, right? Tom Brady, through four touchdown passes, continues to put up unbelievable numbers. But they end up losing the game, and Trevor Simeon leads the Saints to a win. Again, the day of the backup quarterback. Insane. Uh, and Tom Brady's having like a record-breaking season at age 43. I mean, what world do we live in? Or is he 44? Yeah, he's 44 now. Pardon me. That's crazy. Record-breaking season at 44. I hope he's not Lance Armstrong. Please don't be, okay? Don't be Lance Armstrong. Please. <laughs> like cheating, whatever. I hope not. I don't think he is, though. It's just crazy to think of last year at 42... 42-43 for 40 through 40 touchdowns. Oh, my God. But he just knows what he's doing, does Tom Brady, and that's why he's able to stay healthy and win Super Bowls in his 40s, which never happened in the past. Kansas City versus New York Giants. Monday Night Football. Squash a mosquito with an axe, I guess. That's what uh, the Chiefs are planning on doing, I'm guessing. Let's go to Philly, Detroit right away. What more is there to say here? 0-8 and talks of 0-17 have begun. Dan Campbell just might be a one-and-done. And I'm sorry because I kind of, for some reason, I kind of like him. I don't know why. I'm kind of sympathizing with him right now because that team showed some grit uh, in the past, but that grit's gone. It's gone. Like It's like losing to the Vikings was like, okay, we can't beat anybody because, you know, 44-6 to in Detroit versus Philly, who's not even a good team at all. They're not good at all. 44-6. to Wow. I mean, what more is there to say? Jalen Hurts, 103. Their quarterback threw for 103 yards, and you still get beat 44-6. to six. Wow. 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 Mm. Wow. Just two running backs. Both ran for two touchdowns in the game. Boston, Scott, and Jordan Howard, the former Bear, the veteran running back, also ran for two touchdowns in the game. They have both averaged about five yards a carry. That's Tech Mobile football, pretty much. Late 80s. Hand the ball off and uh, gain five yards, and it's nothing you can do. I guess that's pretty much what happened in this game. Nice job, Eagles, and wow, Detroit, you suck. You suck. 0-8. We've already seen Detroit have a winless season. They might have another one coming. Chicago versus San Francisco. 33-22. That's a... That's creepy. It's multiples of 11. Creepy. Creepy. Uh, Justin Fields continues to lose games, unfortunately. He's now 0 for his last three. And many people are questioning, should we be really be starting Justin Fields this early in his career? Is this going to kill him? It might. It might. Uh, Chicago's not a very forgiving place. He did run for 103 yards and got in the end zone. So nice fantasy numbers, despite the INT. It's not like he stunk today, but 0-3, though, and it's not been pretty. Jimmy G did, well, he threw for a lot of yards and not a whole lot else in the game. And San Francisco ends up beating the Bears. The Bears drop to 3-5. and five. So at least the Vikings aren't in last place. We're actually still in second at 3-4, and four, if you can believe it. We'll see how long that lasts, though. 
we're just like San Francisco, man. We're three and four. We're like the 49ers. Doesn't that sound cool? And then you had the epic battle between the best in the NFC and guess who the number one seed in the NFC is right now because of this game. It's it's it's, it's Green Bay or is it LA? I don't care. It's one of the two. But it's not Arizona anymore. Arizona would be, uh, well, the second or third seed at this stage. I believe they'd be second because they beat the Rams already. Soundly in their house. So it would be the Rams or Arizona. Um, yikes. So that makes Green Bay number one. Numero uno, folks. Seven and one in the NFC North. In the NFC North. Seven and one, Arizona. Green Bay wins 24 to 21. As things just uh, did not work out for the Arizona Cardinals down the stretch. There was hope for a little while, but most of the game, Green Bay led. They, it just kind of felt like they were the more prepared team. They were smarter. Aaron Rodgers looks like a genius every week out there, even when he's not having his best game. He looked like a genius out there, and he did not have his best game, and Arizona's defense showed up a little bit, and Kyler Murray kind of had a little bit of a primetime magic, so to speak, in a negative way. A little bit of Kirk Cousins magic out there, where Aaron Rodgers clearly was more on the ball, literally, down the stretch. And Green Bay ends up winning the game, and this was in Arizona. It's a very, very important win for the Green Bay Packers. A lot of us thought Green Bay might be dropping off, and the Vikings might be division champs this year. That looks like a one-in-a-million chance now. Uh, Green Bay is... Right up there. And this is with uh, Devontae Adams not even playing. Don't forget that. Devontae Adams didn't even play the whole COVID protocol situation. And obviously he was. I believe he had it COVID. So it is what it is. It was Aaron to Aaron. Aaron Rodgers to Aaron Jones who didn't get in the end zone. But his old buddy Randall Cobb. Only 15 yards. But got two touchdowns. So one of those cute little throw-in last second additions to your fantasy team if you were super lucky. Just randomly picking that up and uh, picking up Randall Cobb. Uh, and two touchdowns on 15 yards and three catches. Mm. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers rocking and rolling and trying to get to a, a Super Bowl one of these days if they're capable of it. Uh, see if I could pick up something here. So we're going to try to move on to the Baltimore preview here. As I have to try to go back to their last game. That would have been week seven. They were actually on the bye this past week. Baltimore bleeping Ravens. As they got stamped, absolutely stomped at home by the Cincinnati Bengals. This is what had you thinking, like, wow, Cincinnati's legit this year. They were five and two. Dropped Baltimore to five and two, which technically puts Cincy as first place, but they're calling Baltimore first for some reason. Must be some other tiebreaker. 42-17, to 17, I don't think this is who Baltimore is necessarily, and the chances of the Vikings winning on the road in Baltimore are like one in a billion, I think, right now. And I'm not trying to be a jerk, it just doesn't look good. We've only played them six times since they became the Baltimore Ravens because they kept uh, Cleveland Browns history in Cleveland, which I agree with 100%. These obviously are the original Cleveland Browns that moved to Baltimore, and the original Baltimore team was the Colts, and they moved to Indianapolis and took all the history with them. So this is all of Baltimore's current history. Right now, even though the Baltimore Colts did exist once upon a time back to the early 80s and much further, it is a 3-3-0 three and three and o record between the two teams. Vikings opened things up against a not very good Baltimore team at the time, despite their offense had some talent, but the, it was the 98 Vikings for Pete's sake. And this put the Vikings at 13-3. This was the final game. No, no, no. This is what gave the Vikings uh, 
what am I talking about? Gave the Vikings their 13th win of the season, if I remember correctly. Yes, okay, that's where the 13 came in. We beat the Baltimore Ravens and became 13-1 and at the time. That was the 98 Vikings. It was Tennessee that got us their 15th victory. That's right, 38-28. to Vikings beat up on them in the opener. First ever matchup between the two. 19-3, a much better Baltimore team who had uh, won a Super Bowl recently and was still very competitive. Shut down the Vikings 19-3, a crappy 92 or 2002 Viking team. What were we doing playing them in January? I'm confused. Must have been the... Yeah, okay. This was Mike Tice's first ever game as the Vikings coach. Yep, okay. Kind of late, though, isn't it? Yeah, I guess that's about right. 5-11, and 11. yep. That was when Green, obviously, was fired the week before. And, yeah, that was hapless. Vikings managed only three points against that club. 2005, a fairly entertaining Viking team. Ended up losing on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, Viking fans. Another holiday loss. Ugh. 6-9, and nine, crappy Ravens, and 8-7 and seven Vikings. This was kind of like the nail in the coffin for the Vikings' playoff chances. In fact, I think it was. Merry Christmas, guys. 33-31, to, 33 to the Vikings beat the Col- the Colts. The Baltimore Ravens in 2009, great Vikings team. Barely beat that Baltimore team and threw for a billion yards and gave up a billion yards. I remember this game very well, where uh, back when Ray Rice hadn't gotten in trouble yet, had some spectacular game, uh, had some spectacular moments, and of course, uh, Simeon Rice was great for Minnesota. Baltimore then beat the Vikings on, yep, this was the very crazy back and forth Snowy, snowy game in Baltimore. One of Leslie Frazier's last games as Vikings coach, 29-26. to Baltimore ended up beating the Vikings in a game that saw many lead changes, lots of drama, lots of weird penalties and weird calls and non-calls. And Toby Gerhardt somehow ran for 89 yards. That's about as good as he'll ever do uh, in the past. Vikings were 3-9-1 at the time, and Leslie Frazier had no chance to go anywhere. Vikings had a couple of meaningless victories, which ended up... Uh, you know, not helping the Vikings have a nice high draft pick. And then the 2017 Vikings beat a mediocre Baltimore team in 2017. Justin Tucker was already their kicker and making everything. And so was Kai Forbath for Minnesota. 51, 52 yard kicks. Wow, good job. 57 yard for Justin Tucker. That's a shock. <laughs> Joe Flacco was still their quarterback. Wow. And they were only 3 and five, three and 4. Seems like he left them 100 years ago, but... Uh, yeah, that was the most recent game all the way back to 2017. Now we got to look at Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Colts. It's going to be extremely interesting to see how things go here. They have the best kicker in football, even better than Matt Prater, who's now on uh, Arizona instead of Detroit. Lamar Jackson can run all over us. And yeah, the way the Vikings run defense has been and how we've always seemed to have struggled against multiple uh, mobile quarterbacks pretty much since I've been watching the Vikings and since 92, full-time anyway. Vikings do not win this game. The Vikings' victory chances in Baltimore are like one in very small chances. I think the Vikings have won there only once, and that was back in that 98 season when it was like the best Viking team ever. In fact, it pretty much was at Baltimore loss, at Baltimore loss, at Baltimore loss. So we are one in three historically at Baltimore, and I think we'll be one in four. I have very little faith in the Vikings right now going into Baltimore, especially after Baltimore got crushed by Cincinnati most recently. The only reason the Vikings win this game is if Lamar Jackson makes a ton of mistakes, just just looks like a fool, 
And, of course, Vikings show up, and it's, it's a spectacular defensive effort and a relatively low-scoring game. Otherwise, I think Baltimore ends up winning the game high-scoring, unfortunately for us. I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game. Well, maybe. Not that high. High enough. Like 27 to 21. 28 to 21. The Baltimore Ravens will beat the Vikings by a full by a full touchdown. Lamar Jackson is going to run for over 100. And he'll throw for one, but he'll also throw an interception. But the Vikings end up not winning the game. Kirk Cousins has a much better effort. But still, it is not a win for Minnesota. I just think Baltimore's a little better. Uh, actually, they're a lot better, but you get the idea. First place club still in the AFC North, I guess. Uh, and the Baltimore Ravens end up beating the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, we've struggled against this team historically. But Baltimore's defense isn't a spectacular defense. They've had some big moments, but generally speaking, they're not as scary as other teams uh, out there. They give up points. They definitely do. Uh, Joe Burrow threw for 416 yards against that team, so I got to think Kirk Cousins can at least eclipse the uh, 300 mark. And then Joe Mixon and Sammy Perini averaged about five yards a carry each. I mean, they just walked all over this club and got in the end zone and all that. So, uh, and Jamar Chase at 201 yards in the game. My God. So the Baltimore defense is not good. Let's go a little higher scoring. It's just the way the, but I, I, I just think it's the Zimmer effect. It, it, not only does Mike Zimmer, obviously the defense can be somewhat stingy sometimes, except when guys run all over us, but it can be somewhat stingy or when cornerbacks continue to stink. Um, but I don't know what to think. Is it going to be high or low? I mean, today was low scoring, but you're going against a quarterback that wasn't good, uh, yet he had good numbers at the end, and your quarterback wasn't good either. Uh, and it certainly doesn't help having... Patterson out for multiple weeks here. And that's, you know, it's now you're relegated to Dantzler and Breland full-time. I mean, you're bleeped. You're absolutely bleeped at the end of the day when you look at that. So I, I'm going to stick with the same final score. 28 is enough to beat the Vikings right now because there's just too much of a governor. And I'm sure Kirk Cousins has a number of yards, but I can just imagine some disappointing moments down the stretch. A big turnover at Baltimore ends up winning and going to 6-2 and two and dropping the Vikings to 3-5. and five. Who will be the head coach of the Vikings in the next game? That might be the big question at the end of the day. But I do believe Baltimore ends up winning, despite the fact they do give up yards and they give up points. But I just don't see this offense stepping up to the plate and putting up big numbers against this Baltimore team. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I just don't see it. Let's let's go out and see it. Come on, Glenn, go out and let's see what you can do, right? That's what Jack Morris said about the Glenn Perkins years ago, guy who couldn't stay healthy. Obviously, both former Minnesota Twins. Um, yeah, unfortunately, speaking of baseball, the Atlanta Braves lost, so they did not win the World Series tonight. Nobody wants the freaking Houston Astros to win, but that's what was flashing in the background. I'm now seeing wonderful replays where guys named uh, Elliot, not Elliot, um, was it Wilson, right? George Wilson running all over the Vikings. Yep, Cedric Wilson, that big 73-yard play. Yep, that was a wonderful replay to watch. Oh, God. But uh, I'll shut up about that now. We'll take a break and return for fan interaction right after this.
we are back here on Purple Mafia, final segment, number three, fan interaction. I apologize if I missed any call-ins. I don't think there was from Gerald Sring or anybody else. I believe the Gerald Sring show uh, call-in was for, for the Freedom of Thought podcast. So let's get to Twitter as soon as possible. And as I'm doing that, I'm sampling, a, well, obviously the bigger, you know, it's a big bottle. So I'm sampling the small glass because uh, obviously it's big enough. It's too big to all fit it all in one uh, 16 ounce glass, pint glass as they call it. So I put it in, uh, put the rest in this tiny little one to sample it. And of course, games up to my wife, a surly darkness. Uh, being it's Halloween, got to have some sur- surly darkness. So I'm going to taste some right here on the air. For the first time in seven years. Yeah. Mm, mm. It's, yeah, it's really something. <laughs> Obviously a stout with a little bit of uh, everything flavor in there, that chocolate, and there's like a dark fruit taste to it. You know, obviously stouts have kind of a coffee taste. I'm not tasting much coffee, but uh, more of the uh, chocolate and dark fruit flavor to it. Thought I'd include that in being it's Halloween. Last 15 minutes of Halloween anyway, but for some of you, Halloween might go on forever <laughs> for the next like several hours. Who knows? At Purple Mafia Show. At Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. I'm going to get to the Bigot application right now if I can get it out of here and not lose it. Actually, I'll just go off of uh, memory. It's a free sports betting application. Free sports betting application. But, of course, you're not betting real money. It's more like fantasy sports. You bet free coins and win real prizes. It's uh, basically like you compete against others over the course of a month, which can be a lot of fun, and I did find it. But I can also kind of go off of my head, too, because I know what it is. Vigit Betting League's month-long competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of the month. Bet free coins win real prizes. You can post about your picks and see what others are saying about games. There is great information available on the Vigit Lifeline movement where the public is betting. I also kind of want to throw something else out there. I should probably put it in the show description. But cryptocurrency, we better get into that. I, I would. This is just me basically saying this. It's not them advertising, but it can help the show if you join on and put me as a referral. It actually will help the show because cryptocurrencies can end up being pretty valuable for Pro Mafia down down the stretch because they give you they give me a small reward anytime somebody joins with the referral. I will put a link in the show description. Uh, the referral code is MT4YSJ25P7. I'll try to put that a link to that in the show description. But join crypto.com. It's an application. You can trade cryptocurrencies, anything from Bitcoin, which is like the biggest one. Everybody knows about that. Uh, Shiba, Shiba, Inu, which I highly recommend, actually. And then there's Dogecoin. No, Doge, Doge on Mars, it's called. And I guess the uh, ticker for that is, or streamer, or, yeah, the... Uh, I guess it's called a ticker, is E-L-O-N. That's kind of the little four-digit one. For Shiba, it's S-H-I-B. Doge, it's D-O-G-E. And, of course, Bitcoin is B-T-C. And others out there you could join. But uh, these really sub-penny ones are very, uh, can be extremely lucrative, and especially for if you're thinking of hanging on long-term to those. So highly recommend that. I'll try to get a uh, link to that in the show description. Highly recommend that. And it would help the show. Either one of them. The Vigit uh, line. The referral to that is Paladino Live. It's one word. So I want to thank Vince Germano. Out of Australia. Malcolm McSween out of California. And Taylor. Uh, Tanae 
Wilson Brown out of New Zealand for retweeting the most recent show. KJ Clutch two whole weeks ago now when the Vikings defeated the Carolina Panthers. And KJ Clutch was KJ Clutch, which he was not tonight, unfortunately. Black Space out of Mankato, Minnesota. That would be Sebastian Barton. He says, because I was talking about the Blue Jays winning a championship with Miguel Sano. Well, the Atlanta Braves might win it with Eddie Rosario, and he won the National League Championship Series MVP. What do you think of that? But he's saying if the Jays win the championship with Miguel Sano, then it wasn't because of his Mendoza line ass. <laughs> yep, he's thinking it won't be because of him. Yeah, he strikes out way too much. If the Jays start winning and the Twins are not winning, it's solely because of the moves we're not making in the pitching staff. That is a pretty accurate statement, I'd have to say. Here we go. Here's an interesting bunch of statistics with the uh, great coaches of the NFL and the ones maybe not so great, including a certain guy who wears purple. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland says, Are we feeling confident? Just looking at Zimmer's record against teams with winning records, uh, with winning season records, if you add the losses to the Cardinals, Browns, and Bengals currently it's 42-17 and 17, or 28%. That's pathetic. And then add the Cousins' primetime record. Doesn't look good. Mike Zimmer second last to Jay Bleepin' Gruden. The Jay Bleepin' Gruden of the Washington W's. They were still called the Redskins, I believe, after 2019. Bill O'Ryan. So yeah, Bill Belichick's at the top by far since 2014. This is since 2014-ish or 2013 in some cases. Ron Rivera, Marvin Lewis. Even Marvin Lewis. Wow. Had a winning percentage of... Uh, just above 42, or just under 43, I should say. Bill Belichick, just under 68. Andy Reid, 58. Pete Carroll, 57. Mike Tomlin, 55%. Sean Payton, basically about 50. Ron Rivera, about 48. Um, Doug Peterson, 40, or 41, actually. Mike McCarthy, 40. Jim Harbaugh, 39.5. That's not too good. Jim Harbaugh? Hmm. But that's after he won the Super Bowl in 2012. So, uh, Jason Garrett, 38, not too good. Dan Quinn, 31.7. Bill O'Brien, 30.7. Michael Mike Zimmer, 30.4. And this is since 2014. And .211 for Jay Gruden, who was the only one worse. He's obviously not employed at the moment. Neither are some of those others that were in the lower half. So, pretty damn crazy there. Wow, that's bad. Thank you for posting that, Mad Martin. Really appreciate that. He says, uh, this should be an easy win, but it will tell us very little about how good this team could be. Yeah. See, it's like you win, it doesn't mean much. You lose, oh boy, it doesn't mean a lot. It means a lot. Uh, yet playing again down to their level of garbage. What load of garbage? If we don't blow them away in the second half, I have zero, I have zero faith this team can do anything this season. A little more darkness here. Judd Zolgat should be advertising this one. The only one he advertises is Surly Furious. That's their sponsor. You know, Surly's their sponsor. It's Lucky Sons of Biscuits. But just Furious? Furious is a good IPA, but it ain't the best one in the country. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'll take the one out of Chico, California instead. Black Space says, glad I'm not watching. Mad Martin says, fire Zimmer now. This is pathetic. And then Pete Laflamme joins on board. I... Wanted to make sure I'm pronouncing it correctly. Pete Laflamme, welcome on board out of Maine. I hope he's a listener. He was saying, not a drive, three and out is normal. Yeah, but I was saying, pathetic drive that was, basically down in the third quarter. Mad Martin says, I'm at the stage. I hope Dallas wins. Put us out of our misery now. I, well, we got our wish there, didn't we? <laughs> Danae Brown says, sick of all these stupid screens and short outs. Oh, God, yes. And I was saying, me too, it's freaking dumb. It's never going to win anything. Might as well just finish 
eight and nine if that's the garbage we're going to throw out there. And then uh, Tanae responds with, Kirk's been spooked by Halloween, I think. Doesn't want to take a shot since the first drive, and he never did. Fans were booing the bleep out of the Vikings again after those ultra-conservative checkdowns to uh, C.J. Ham. The crowd was booing the crap out of him, and that made me think of that purple pumpkin and this little boo tag that I'm banging against the microphone right now. It says boo, and I was booing the Vikings with my purple cupcake in that fourth quarter, and they played like a bunch of purple cupcakes, didn't they? That might be a good title of this episode, if I can remember. Pete Laflamme. Again, I hope you're a listener, and it's been it's nice meeting you, Pete. You just kind of came in out of nowhere today. Great to meet you, at PeteVikes22. This really is an embarrassing performance at home versus Nodak. Yeah, Nodak, right? Uh, versus Nodak. At home, nice offense. Score the first play, not to lose. What the bleep, seriously? And he was saying it's a lot of Zimmer's fault not letting Kirk go. Yep, in multiple ways, yeah. Um, Judd Zolgan tweeted out, as he was saying, as Matthew Collar just pointed out, we are dealing with primetime Kirk right now. This is just awful. I mean, he sucks in primetime, and amen. Uh, Pete Laflamme said, a lot of Zimmer's fault, though, not letting Kirk go. You, you, uh, I can't disagree with you at all, Pete. I can't. Again, great meeting you today. Uh, he says, go no huddle and throw down field. One and 11 and third down. Yeah, at the time, and I think it's even worse after that. 1-11 on third down. I mean, that's a stat that just is staggering. Mad Murmur is saying, absolutely agree. Had a few arguments on the Zimmer debate this year. Um, yeah, I was ranting really big about something. Mad Martin had said, yeah, we hope Dallas would put us out of our misery. And I responded with, it sure feels that way, doesn't it? Otherwise, we're just delaying the inevitable. It's so painful seeing such such talent get misused like this. People saying they want to keep Zimmer are absolutely insane at this point. Mad Martin was saying absolutely agree. Had a few arguments on the Zimmer debate this year. Yet again, team comes out flat after after the bye. Not acceptable anymore. Amen, brother. Pete Laflamme says, and that's an awesome name, by the way. I'm not trying to be rude or disrespectful. Uh, he says, how about that play calling? How about that play calling? First and goal, everybody in the world knew, knew we were only going to try to kick a field goal, not attempt an end zone, not a try. Yeah, it's so bullcrap, isn't it? Not working, says uh, Matt Martin. Not working on the O tonight with two weeks to prepare. Yeah, two weeks to prepare, two weeks. Yep, and Baltimore has got two weeks to prepare for us because we were the next opponent. Ouch. Um, ouch. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Pete LaFlamme retweeted a bunch of my tweets. Thank you, Pete. Um, hopefully you retweet the show when it comes out. <laughs> It'll be awesome. I, I hope so. And great to meet you again. Man Martin says, thankfully, it's not uh, 035, 0335 here. What a bleeping waste of a night watching this shit. They have no chance under this coach. Thankfully, it's not. So basically, I think what he's trying... Yeah, that's 3.35 in the morning. Thankfully not. It's 30... Yeah, he's 3.35 in the morning. Poor guy. Ugh. Staying up watching it, and he's not happy. I was saying it's now safe to say this one will not go to overtime. Yeah. The problem is, odds are we're not going to win the game. We'll see if Kirk Cousins can put... Can pull out some more magic. Hasn't been good all night so far. Yeah, because once the Cowboys went up by four, it's like we're not going to OT. Warren Sharp, apparently, so Tanae tweeted this to me. Warren Sharp said Kirk Cousins has thrown eight of his 23 attempts behind the line of scrimmage. Isn't that awful? When he's thrown beyond 10 yards, he's four for five for 101 yards. 
20 yards per attempt and a touchdown. Not sure what the Vikings are doing. Warren Sharp, that's like a gold star right there. Because uh, that sums it all up. That just sums it all up. All those freaking checkdowns. And then you just throw beyond 10 little yards. Just 10 little yards, a lot like Patrick Mahomes and all of his success over the years, except for this year. But, well, you know, kind of a lot of reasons for that. A lot of reasons, I suppose. But, uh, yes, throwing beyond 10 yards makes a difference. Pretty damn unbelievable. Thank you, Tanae, for posting that one. Black Space wraps up the Twitter section with an awesome one. An awesome one. Remember The Apprentice? Remember The Apprentice? I hope most of you know what that is, where it was simply just, you're fired. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> a certain president who I, I miss said, you're fired. Yep. <laughs> he wasn't the president at the time, of course. Uh, Brad Martin, or excuse me, Black Space said, tomorrow at the Vikings, at Vikings TCO. Yep. TCO field, whatever. TCO building. Yep, they're fired. Yep, I, I, I agree. I think they should be. Let's get to uh, the Facebook page. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Any comments on the most recent episode? No. Let's keep moving as fast as possible. Vikings plays cornerback Patty Peterson. Patrick Peterson on the injured reserve. Ah, bummer. Yep. And that was a big bummer for us and didn't help tonight, did it? Sure didn't. And I'm tired. Just say all comments, please. Thank you. Mark Carlson said, bummer, he's a stud with wheels. And then Tanae Brown says, damn. Mark Carlson out of Iowa, of course. And Tanae out of New Zealand. Interesting post from uh, CBS Sports headquarters. I believe this was from another Vikings page out there, and I apologize, but uh, CBS Sports headquarters is the tweet. Uh, so they get the credit, ultimately, because they're the ones that tweeted it. Said most most games of 10 receptions, 120-plus yards, and one touchdown receiving in Vikings history. Adam Thielen, four. Chris Carter, four. Randy Moss, four. So Adam Thielen, tied with the greatest of all time with the Vikings wide receivers. And he's probably got a few years left to knock that down. Pretty cool. Adam Thielen, obviously, great game tonight. He didn't break that tonight, did he? We probably would have heard that. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. I know he got in the end zone. I don't think he got 100 today. Did he? I think he got like 80, nope, 78. So, no. Man, almost, huh? Crazy. Let's keep going real quickly. In-game threads, brought you back and forth. Really loved hearing from you guys in there. Apologize I was a little quiet. But uh, I'm going to fess up to something. I did watch the entire game live. I did. But half of it, I was sitting in front of a fire outside watching it on my phone. So I, because I wanted to be able to enjoy a little bit of that Sunday night Halloween vibe, and I watched the entire game, I swear, solemnly swear, that's why I wasn't as active on the page. So again, watching the first half with the fire in front of me on a cold night, it was awesome. That beautiful, nice uh, wood-burning smoke was wonderful. I just couldn't help it. I had to be in front of a fire, because I saw other people around fires before the game, and I'm like, I gotta do that, damn it. It's, me too. Early on, Mike Dale out of the New York area posted Southern Tier Warlock. And I have, one, I have a, I think, three more of those sitting over in the corner there. It is a pumpkin uh, pumpkin stout, which is kind of rare. They're around. Obviously, there's pumpkin ales, tons of them. And then there's the Southern Tier Pumpkin, which is my favorite pumpkin beer. I have that every single Halloween, every single year. And now it's staring at me, giving me the finger because it's really pissed off. And I'm looking at the pumpkin over there. It's mad at me right now because I, I'm cheating on it with darkness. Uh, for the first time, I'm actually having darkness on Halloween. 
as I've had multiple darkness bottles just kind of stellaring because they're just so they, they used to be super rare until Surly kept getting bigger so it's easier for them to make more of them more space and all that uh, that was the case there with darkness and finally having darkness and Halloween I bet a lot of people have this beer on Halloween I mean it's <laughs> they always have some uh, very 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 detailed art and it's a little creepy sometimes, but that's surely, I guess. Warlock, very cool look, look though, with that purple. Uh, that's perfect. It's purple and gold, actually. Maybe I should have had that one. Maybe I would have brought the Vikings luck. Let's get to what Mike Dale had to say. Looking forward to this one on primetime and on national television, so I don't need to go to a bar to watch the game. Yeah, I mean, you have higher quality beer right there anyway. Also optimistic, as we'll be playing against a Dakless Cowboys. <laughs> as you mentioned the week before, Joey, that you're a fan of Southern Tier Pumpkin. Yeah, I did mention that, didn't I? There you go, because it is in the New York area. He says, well, that was my favorite pumpkin beer as well, till I discovered its evil twin, Warlock, about seven years back. Don't know if you know or anyone else, into uh, if I'm into stouts and porters as well as pumpkin beers as much as I am. But this one is an absolute gem. Yep, I like stouts and porters very much, actually. Uh, very much. Um, almost like the soda pod now talking about beers, but yeah, it's fun though. Um, oh, I, I love stouts very much. I'm trying to think of what I've been having a lot lately is the chocolate peanut butter porter from Lupulin. Oh God, that tastes good. Uh, they came out with an Imperial as well for now, like, you know, heavier, you know, Imperial, like bigger numbers. This darkness, I think it's like 12% if I remember correctly or 10. I might even grab the bottle here. Apologize if I'm making noise here on air, especially late at night. It's got to say the ABV on it, doesn't it? Come on, man. Well, if I see it, I'll see it. Uh, it should say the ABV. It's usually about, I think it's 10 or no, 12.7. It's really high. It's almost like wine. <laughs> it's so high. Uh, alcohol by volume, that is. And then Warlock and Pumpkin are both 8.6. I just know that by heart. Incredibly good beers, actually. So, yes, I do like Stouts and Porters. I also love IPAs, of course, like uh, Sierra Nevada Torpedo. That's one I really love. So, let's get back to where I was, where he was saying, uh, been to the brewery Southern Tier a few years back, even though it's at the opposite end of the state. Oh, no, that's far outside Jamestown, which is about an hour and a half drive south of Buffalo. Fantastic brewery and seasonal rotation. Skull to all the fellow beer drinkers. Yep, skull to you, brother. Uh, I was saying that's a real good one. I have some with me as well. And then Opta Surly Darkness, we'll see. And then Mike Dale, he must know about Surly. He says, can't go wrong with Surly, one of Minnesota's best micros. Can't find them anywhere in the Northeast to tell us. Ha ha, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think they'd be. I wish they would be. They've gotten a hell of a lot bigger, but uh, still. I don't think they go across the country like, say, like a Sierra Nevada or even Southern Tier, which uh, comes here. Very cool, very cool. Brett McCarthy was saying skull. Brett McCarthy also has another believing field goal. Mark Carlson was disappointed at Harry. The hitman Cedric Paulding is back. Welcome back, Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi. He says, we give 326 yards passing to a no-name backup quarterback. That does some at all. Josh Mayer Henry, welcome back out of Colorado. Says, this team sucks. That is all. Mike Dale said, is it that easy that Bashad Breeland switched out of his yellow cleats for white ones. Yeah, it's weird. Xavier Woods, at least one guy decided to come up with big defensive plays. It wasn't he great? 
Make deal. Oh, uh, Brett McCarthy first says we got a we got a break. Thank God that was again with the, uh, the dropped catch, dropped pass by C.D. Lamb. Mike Dale said, oofed uh, Daniil Hunter out for the second half. Yep, that was a shoulder issue. No, Daniil Hunter, I didn't even mention that. I apologize, but I do remember that happening very well. Mark Carlson says, ridiculous, retarded, stupid ending. What a disappointment. Oh, God, yes. Very, very disappointing to say the least. Mark Carlson was saying, we need to finish the half and score. Stop running the ball in first downs. And unfortunately, they just kept doing that. Mike Dale was excited about Griffin getting the sack. Yes, sir. Yep, uh, Brett McCarthy extremely upset about the play calling, and there's just no question about that. I posted that little cute uh, pur- purple pumpkin, uh, pum- uh, cupcake, pardon me, that says boo, and ultimately we were booing. Us purple cupcakes were booing big time. The uh, Vikings, especially on some of that stupid play calling. Let's get to the... Oh, yeah, I posted a cute little video, live video, that was about four seconds, snow, about ten seconds long, where I was talking about the scores tied going into the second, uh, the fourth quarter, who's going to come out on top. It was kind of fun. And uh, Brett McCarthy loved that one, or laughed at, uh, had fun with that one. Dave Hickey and many others posting in the postgame thread, and then we'll wrap this show up. So... Click and click, 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 click. Dave Hickey says, one word, pathetic, to a backup quarterback. But who's kidding? When do I ever say the word? Zimmer does need to be fired. Defensive delay of the game. Yep, what a horrible thing. Wasted timeouts, stupid defensive calls, and the bubble screen pass on third and 13 for five yards. Never worked. Scrap that play call permanently from here on out. Yeah, they, they keep doing it. Bubble screen on third and long, and it gets us nowhere. Gerald String out in Nebraska. Yeah, he was unavailable last week. Must have been busy. He said, wow, should have been a great chance for a win with no deck. We proved tonight this is no playoff caliber team here. The thing that stood out to me was our O-line got jacked. Don't give me the old cousins can't win a primetime game. The rest of the team needs to show up once in a while. He's been carrying the team all year, and he got no help whatsoever, period. I've been backing up, I've been backing up Zim for a long time, but time to throw the towel in on this regime. That was embarrassing. No way around it. I agree, my friend. I agree. And yes, Kirk, I'm kind of big. I, sometimes I bash him this and that. He has had an awesome year, to be fair. Tonight was very disappointing. Uh, Dave Vicky was saying lots of JJ drops. Actually, everybody dropped one. Except the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, Iowa receiver. One catch. Yep. <laughs> Josh Mayer Henry jumping in again. Good. He says, I agree. Cousins has carried this team so far this year, but some of his decisions late in the game were bad. Yes, they were. Like tossing to a receiver for a three-yard gain in the middle of the field with no timeouts. Should have been tossed out of bounds and saved the time. The play prior to that was also bad. Short pass the middle, no timeouts, but the majority of the issues on this team are coaching-related. Yep. Yep. They really are. Again, Josh Mayer Henry out of Colorado. Great to see you back again, buddy. I'm, I'm dead serious about that. Mark Carlson says, Joey, it should not be too hard to put a title on tonight's game. Oh, maybe it was a bit spooky or something. But here we are playing every team so close, and no matter what, we can't keep a lead, especially for the last minutes of the game. So yet another backup quarterback takes the purple down. Unhappy Halloween. Yep. Josh Mayer Henry says, fire every coach. How can we 
not ever beat backup quarterbacks. Piss poor playing call. Piss poor playing minus drive, minus first drive of the game. Yeah, I was. Uh, Josh, uh, excuse me, Mark Carlson says that Josh Mayer Henry is right. I'm now on board with this talk. This is a team that has talent, but is not winning games, and coaching is part of this. No more predictable first down hand of run plays. Josh Mayer Henry said, Cook has killed this team the last two years, and they hardly used him at all. Oh, yeah, killed the Cowboys. That's what Josh is saying. He was killed the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, the short plays on third and long where the receiver has no chance to get the first round drives me crazy. Yeah, it's like multiple jerseys in front of him, you know, other team. Just like the last drive, they needed 60-plus yards, and we're tossing three-yard passes to the middle of the field with no timeouts, real shitty play calling, and decision-making by Kirk. I'm almost ready to forfeit the season to get a chance at a possible high-end quarterback and get some younger, more offensive-minded coaches. I'm on the fence with Spielman. He has brought in some good talent, but his coaches are not good anymore. Yeah, I feel you. Shelby Lund, welcome back to the show. Says, uh, Zipperhead lost us another one. <laughs> if he was at one time a great defensive-minded coach, that time has long since passed. Need a rebuild from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Josh Mayer Henry responds, saying his big issue is he thinks he can turn anyone into a good defensive back. That's just not the case. Defensive backs, they're the weakest spot on, a, on, a, on the defense uh, for a few plays during a game, but he can't hold up when it counts. Eric Mostar, welcome back. It's been a few weeks. He says, stop me if you've heard this one. Vikings lose the game in the final moments of the fourth quarter. I mean, the Cowboys practically got a gift-wrapped uh, gift wrapped a touchdown with a bunch of penalties. And they still couldn't connect. Yeah, that's what that's what he's trying to say is how the Vikings or the Cowboys were giving us getting all those penalties and the Vikings should have gotten the end zone. Yeah, big time. Ah, dirty darkness. <laughs> now I'm getting that coffee bitterness or whatever. Cedric Posing was saying we should we should fire the GM, Zimmer, and the whole staff. This team is embarrassing and poorly coached. I agree. Jesse Ball says no Super Bowl as long as Zimmer and Cousins are in charge. Mm-hmm. Final post from Ron Skirty. Welcome on board, Ron Skirty. I've always supported Zimmer until now. Should have been blitzing the hell out of that quarterback. Offensive play calling wasn't much better. Hate to say it, but Zimmer's got to go. I don't disagree. Um, Ron Skirty. Is there any... Oh, I like I like some of the, what I'm seeing here. Um, but I don't see a location. So, bummer. Maybe there is, but I don't see it. Nope, no information on the location. So Ron Skirty, I think from Minnesota is my guess, but uh, looks like it. But who knows? Could be from anywhere. Thank you guys so much for your post. Really appreciate everything. You guys are the greatest ever. You truly are. Mad Martin and Mike Dale will uh, share the gold star. Really appreciate Mike Dale talking about those class, that, that wonderful uh, uh, Southern tier. What a great beer that truly is, and I'm enjoying this one as well. I gotta love that. Thank you so much. Uh, Silver Star... Mark Carlson, Dave Hickey, going to Iowa, going to Iowa. And then the Bronze Star is going to go to... Bronze Star is going to go to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, I give it to... I got to give him a Silver Star, actually. Yeah, no, I'll give I'll give him like a silver-plated uh, Bronze Star. Pete Laflamme. In fact, he might... Yeah, silver-plated Bronze Star. Along with, um, uh, 
got to be Josh, me or Henry. Awesome, awesome show. And Brett McCarthy, uh, thank you guys so much. And happy Halloween to all of you. A platinum-plated pumpkin to all of you. You guys are so great. Thank you very much. Thank you for uh, making Halloween fun, despite the fact the Vikings didn't do a good job of that. The Vikings' history on holidays has been unbelievably bad. I mean, every time you look, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, it's always a loss. It always is. It's insane. It always is. It's like every time. Just days around it, like a Christmas game, Christmas Eve or something, maybe we win those, but it's never like the actual holiday itself, which is pretty damn crazy and pretty sad at the end of the day. With that, we'll get to the contact details and wrap up the show. Again, I talked about Vigit already, which is good. Uh, if you want to get on the air with me, it'd be great. Uh, what you do is open up your smart device and open up a free any free voice recording application out there. Just simply open it, press record, start talking, and then when you get to whatever five minutes or whatever the heck, once you get through it, hit stop, save it, and share it to share it or email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to zumzar.com. Always appreciate what they provide in that case. Other than that, please write a positive rating for Purple Mafia if you could on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts or iTunes, which is like the same thing. Uh, the other possibilities are uh, Audible or Stitcher. Really appreciate if you could do that. It really helps the show in a big way. Hope all of you have a wonderful week. Hoping that <laughs> I'm hoping that there's some kind of solution, some kind of resolution for this team going forward. I can't be just like go Vikings, rah rah re. Hope we win. Hope we win. Hope we win. Yeah, sure, sure. I hope we win. But I hope there's a final result that ends up with a true happy ending, which is a Super Bowl championship. That's what, that's what we need. I mean, we this team got to four Super Bowls many years ago. We've been to a million NFC title games, and we've lost, what, six in a row now? And then we start losing second-round uh, games to, uh, you know, San Francisco and stuff. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, there's just that one final step that never happened. And it feels like it's a million years away still when you see games like this. It's just, it's heartbreaking, it's sad, and that's that's how it is. With that said, again, have a wonderful week. And here comes the month of November. And Thanksgiving is just, what, three and a half weeks away. We'll talk about the Baltimore game next week. Until then, take care and God bless.